Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Working is supported by MailChimp. More than 7 million businesses around the world use MailChimp to send email newsletters. Teams can collaborate with MailChimp to design and track newsletters or just get work done easier. MailChimp. Send better email. Find out more at MailChimp.com. Hello and welcome to Working, a podcast about what people do all day. I'm David Plotz. So what's your name and what do you do? My name is Denise Suell. I am the director of the Virginia Hospital Center's Bright Horizons. I am in charge of ensuring that the children and teachers get as much training and as much of an enriching experience as they can get both individually and as a group. What ages are the kids? Uh, between six weeks all the way up to school age. So what is the first thing you do when you get to work on Monday morning? When I get in, of course, I clock in. I... Um, go around and I say hello to all the staff. I'm here. How are you? How was your night? How was your weekend? Um, any teachers who may have been out the day before, check how their day was. If it was a vacation, check in with anyone maybe who was sick or their children were sick. Just kind of go around, do my rounds, make sure everything is all right when I get there. What are the things that tend to happen after that? I'm sure days are different, but generally what happens? Um, lots of kids are screaming my name. Good morning, Miss Danae. Happy to see me wanting to show me their new outfit. A lot of times people are needing my attention to whether it's um, looking at a child to see if is this pink eye? Do they have those symptoms? Um, or wanting to confirm a question that a parent has. They may have the answer, but just wanting to confirm. But my morning really consists of saying hello to the teachers, the kids running in, running past my office. I'm the first thing that they see in the morning um, once they get in around that time frame. You have mostly been a teacher at the center you're working at. Now you're an administrator. So what is it that you used to do as a teacher that you don't do anymore? I don't really get to sit down and do circle times with the kids as much because I am, of course, managing the center. I used to do lots of cooking experiences, uh, lesson planning. So if I saw children were engaged in 
building in the block area, our curriculum is an emerging curriculum, so we base it off of the children's interest. I see you guys are loving to build these blocks and knock them over, build them up and knock them over. I make observations on these children, and then I take those same observations and implement them in the lesson plan. So we may learn about cause and effect. We'll start learning about gravity based off of the observations I've done with the children. So then how can I include this? How can I make this an enriching experience? Then we start getting into science. What do you think will happen if I roll this bowling pin into these blocks? How many of you think it will hit the blocks, knock them over, start asking those questions, graphing? So I don't really get to do a lot of the lesson planning and the enriching activities with the children, of course, as much because I'm kind of on the administration end. When did you decide that you were going to work with small children? I actually got into early child education because I was a teen mom myself. And so I wanted to be able to take my child with me and work with children. Initially, when I was in college, my major was Spanish and secondary education. I was going to teach high school children how to speak Spanish. Once I got into this field, out of necessity, it turned into something. Hold on a second. I'm really good at this. I like this. I was able to take like reflective experiences, remembering how I was treated as a child and how I would want to change that. So let's pretend that I'm a new dad and I'm bringing in my, my six month old to Bright Horizons. And uh, I'm really, you know what? I, I'm just concerned about little, uh, little Jacob being around all these kids and all this illness. And, you know, we have a wonderful, uh, babysitter at home. And I, I, you know, I just don't, I'm, I'm really not sure this is the right thing for me. So Jacob will have an opportunity to be around other children who are at different developmental stages. We can, of course, keep him from getting sick once he gets in, engaged and around with other children. But, you know, with the sanitizing things that we do at the end of the day, it kind of cuts down on, on a lot of that, but we can't prevent it. Miss Nag. Nagda's been here for six years since the center has opened. You can call at any time. I will go in and check on him or send you some pictures throughout the day just to let you know what he's doing. We may not be able to stop your first day fears, but these are some of the things that we'll do to help both you and Jacob know that we're here, that we could be trusted, letting him know mommy and daddy are going to pick you up at the end of the day. He starts looking for you in the window. And anytime you have a question or concern, you can always come to me. My door is always open. My email address, here's my card. You can call it anytime. How is your relationship to the children in your care when you're working different from your relationship to your children when you're not working? The only difference is I didn't birth these children. I try to, as a mom, I try to treat all of the children as if they were mine because I believe in putting that good karma out there. If there is, if I'm going that one step further, if I take that why not approach when it comes to interacting with your child, answering their question, interacting with you as a family and having your child observe me interact with you, I'm believing that that same thing is happening out there for my boys as well. It's always a why not approach whether I have to run out to the curb to you're having a morning or you're running late and we try to assist you in that way, or you need to have some paperwork facts to your, you know, physician or we work with the families no matter where they are. Um, you, you're seeing all different kinds of parents and all different kinds of children. And, and surely there are parents whose parenting style and interests are very different from what yours might be or they, the way they treat their children is different from the way you would treat your children. How do you accommodate the different parent 
the different styles that parents have with their children and, and, and work with that? I think parents have an opportunity to see how we interact with children verbally, how we get down on their level. I have teachers who, I'm not just saying this, they're modeling these things from the moment that the family comes in for a tour. And what's his name? Getting down on his level. Oh, I like your hair. Using words that I won't go outside of here in the giant and say, oh, that was so, you know, I, you filled my bucket when you gave me my cash in my hand. We don't talk like that with the, with the cashier, but we communicate like that in the childcare. It's like a, a culture. Um, it's a bright horizons way, a, a quality childcare kind of way when we show and not tell. Don't talk to your child like that. We would never say that. We would show them. You know, Michael, are you listening to your mommy? I hear her using her words. If I can hear her, I know you can hear her. <gasps> Look, you're listening. High five. Way to go. I like it when you use your walking feet. We try to support the families. Um, if if we're noticing children love to run out the door. Oh, my mom's picked me up. I'm gone. So we may put a, you know, a couple stickers or some fruit at the end of the table. So if you have your walking feet, you can grab a, a clementine on your way out or grab a sticker on your way out. If I see a parent that's screaming at her child or, you know, if I see a dad that's kind of grabbing him, that would be a conversation that I have with them kind of personally. Um, or if I feel like other children might be unsure or nervous, like I, this child is getting yelled at by his dad, I'm nervous. I would just say, Mr. So-and-so, your voice is a little loud. Is everything okay? How can I support you? Did you need help this morning? Did you need a minute outside of the classroom? Just because I can hear you from over here and I think you might be scaring the kids a little bit. So I would say that quietly just for him to hear, but kind of for him to know and understand or her to know and understand that I understand that children, you know, sometimes you do get frustrated and sometimes you do have to get to work and they don't want to put on their shoes and they don't want to leave you. I'm here to support you. You let me know if you need me to step in. But what won't be acceptable in the center is making, you know, humiliating a child or making them feel less than or any kind of screaming or grabbing or things that, of course, our teachers would are not allowed to do with the child. So if it's different to where it affects the center, or I could see that it's affecting other children, I do address it. I would address it. And in my six years of being there, it's only happened a couple of times. This episode of Working is sponsored by MailChimp. More than 7 million businesses around the world use MailChimp to send email newsletters. Teams can collaborate with MailChimp to design and track newsletters and just get work done easier. Plus, MailChimp distributes hats for cats and small dogs. You can find out more at MailChimp.com. MailChimp. Send better email. How do you deal with the fact that parents may not live up to your schedule? What's what's the mechanism you have for, for dealing with that? Um, we have late fees. But if I'm trying to build a community and we're all in this together, where our hours are actually 6.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. I have families that work in D.C. I have families that are surgeons, that are doctors. You know, we have hospital families as well. I don't want to add any more stress. I don't want to add any more stress to you or to your child. I could see if you were late every day, then we'd have to kind of talk about some things and work things out. But if it's once in a while and you're Miss Danae, I'm running late, it's just that, you know what? I always say, I say it to my teachers and I say it to my families. Do not worry. Take your time. Drive slow. Put on your music and get here safely. That's what I care about. Then I turn to the child, mommy and daddy are coming. Can you believe that they're still stuck at that stoplight, that silly stoplight? And 
because I'm sure they're stuck at a stoplight somewhere, so I'm not exactly being dishonest. But I don't want them to, I'm the only one here. Oh, lucky you, you get to hang out with Miss Danae. Do you know that if we take off our, our sneakers, we can kind of slide on the linoleum a little bit or um, sit down and read a book together? No one else gets to do this. So when you come in tomorrow, you have to tell your friends how we read this book or how we maybe hid something in your classroom while everyone else was gone. So we do have the, I could just deal with it like, you're late, you owe me $15. Or I could have something that Bright Horizons talks about, which is heart principles, taking a why not approach. Being square in a sense and cut and dry with a family who is typically consistent, What it, what is that going to benefit them or the child? No, I'm going to have some snacks ready for when you pick up so they can eat it on the way home. I'll see you. Don't worry. I've already clocked them out for you at this time. I see you're here. Have a good rest of the day. I'll see you tomorrow. So one thing I didn't quite understand with that is, so someone who's just, you know, it happens once and it's not a, they wouldn't pay a late fee because you're, or they would still pay the late fee, but it was still a nice experience for the child. Or does it depend? Don't tell my boss, but they would not pay a late fee. (laughs) Um, Now, if they're there, if it's every day, if it's like a habitual problem, the goal, I have to think about what is my goal? Is my goal to make $4? Or is my goal for you to know that I get that things happen. I don't want you to be stressed. That's more valuable to me than your late fee. You're going to be okay. I want you to drive home safe. I don't want you to think about how are you going to get me this, these $4. Or I want your focus to now be on your child. You got here. You're good. What are the hours you work most days? Um, <laughs> so let's say 8 to 5. Five or eight thirty to five thirty, but I'm typically there from opening to close because I want to just make sure everything's going good. And our team, we kind of tend to hang out together. We have lots of activities going on, so but typically eight thirty to five thirty. And like, what do you do at lunch? At lunch, I am supposed to eat lunch and <laughs> take some time to myself. But being new in this role, that's something that I'm learning to do that work-life balance. So sometimes when I really want to have a lunch I'll close my doors I have like um I don't know what it would be called like an atmosphere I don't know it's just like a lamp so I'll hit off the big lights and put on a YouTube video and try to seriously eat take some time for myself so you're a young woman you work with children you have a lot of energy do you think this is the kind of work that you can do until you're 70 years old I do I do if your heart's in the right place Your body may not be able to (laughs) keep up at 70 years old, but if your heart is in the right place, you can't take that away no matter how old you are. You You can't remove the quality of a teacher, an instructor. I think... I I hear this a lot. You can just tell. You can tell a good teacher. She may be at the grocery store and explaining like, oh, how many cherry tomatoes do you see Um, when talking with her child or that person who smiles at a baby that doesn't have to smile at a baby and standing in the line um, that could just have the grouchy face and figure out how they're going to pay their bills. Or when a child sees my hair, my big hair, what's going on with her hair? Smiling at them to say, yes, my hair is big. Yes, I have a gap. Or, you know, just answering their curiosities. I, I, I definitely don't think there's an age limit in, in terms of your spirit when it comes to being engaged with children. So what's it think of the best moment you've had as a teacher? Um, I might start to cry a little bit. Just getting the opportunity to um, see the kids grow and see them learn. They come in as babies, and next thing you know, they're saying your name. The moment, like a child who I just had the tour with, says, hi, Miss Danae. 
or seeing the parents get together and form their own relationships. And you feel like I had a part in that. The donuts for dads that we did that brought all the dads in and now they're hanging out and having barbecues together. Teaching children. Uh, when I was teaching in the classroom, we did things like positive affirmation. Like, tomorrow, I'm going to need everyone to bring in a mirror and you'll keep your mirror here. And at circle time, we're going to say, I'm beautiful, I'm special, I'm unique. I love, and name one thing that you love about yourself, what it means to fill a bucket. Everyone walks around with an invisible bucket, and the things we do or say either fills that bucket or it dips in that bucket. And how do? what do you want to do? So a lot of times kids are running home saying, you're dipping in my bucket if their mom's trying to make them eat vegetables or something. It's just really awesome to see how children grow and how they remember things. There was a one time, because you can't always control turnover, where a teacher left and I'm here with the children and I need to explain to them, of course, it's nothing you did. Sometimes teachers go, they get different jobs or so-and-so moved to North Carolina and we try to keep in contact. But there was this book um, that we read, My Splendid Friend Indeed, and it just talks about this goose and this polar bear. And initially the polar bear is like, this goose is getting on my nerves. Like, like, why is he? But then ultimately he's his splendid friend indeed. And I want to eat sandwiches with you and I want us to write together and having those having those moments knowing that you may not always be able to control of course they don't think in their head like I'm going to control and make that teacher stay here but what you can is the friends that you have and the the friendships that you develop. So that was that was a pretty awesome experience. One of the kids got me a necklace that had a pearl on it and it said splendid friend indeed. Um seeing the siblings of the children. I had their brother like two years ago, or I had their sister, seeing them grow up through the program, still having relationships with people like Dan and and their children, even four years later as they're going to third and fourth grade. Those are like, it's the best. It's the best. The cards, the kids that come back to see you on a day where it may be like, oh my goodness, this is our third pink guy. Oh, you're here to see me. Um... Yeah, you think that's it? Thanks for listening to this episode of Working. On the next show, I'm going to talk to Craig Turk, executive producer of the TV show The Good Wife and a great screenwriter. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.